Good evening, friends and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the four freedoms. In January of 1941, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt gave his State of the Union address to Congress almost one year before he would be giving the most important speech of his lifetime when he would address the nation on December 8, 1941, a day which will live in infamy. But in January of that year, as he addressed Congress, his concerns were about the increasing aggression of the German Nazis and that it was important for the United States to help save our allies. Now, I have taken excerpts from his speech to share with you. He stated, and I quote, I find it unhappily necessary to report that the future and the safety of our country and of our democracy are overwhelmingly involved in events far beyond our borders. Armed defense of democratic existence is now being gallantly waged in four continents. I have recently pointed out how quickly the tempo of modern warfare could bring into our very midst the physical attack which we must eventually expect if the dictator nations win this war. This is why the future of all the American Republic is today in serious danger. The need of the moment is that our actions and our policies should be devoted primarily, almost exclusively, to meeting this foreign peril. We are behind schedule in turning out finished airplanes. We are working day and night to solve the innumerable problems and to catch up. We are ahead of schedule in building warships, but we are working to get even further ahead of that schedule. To change a whole nation from a basis of peacetime production of implements of peace to a basis of wartime production of implements of war is no small task. In the future days, which we seek to make secure, we look forward to a world founded upon four essential human freedoms. The first is freedom of speech and expression everywhere in the world. The second is freedom of every person to worship God in his own way, everywhere in the world. The third is freedom from want, which, translated into world terms, means economic understandings, which will secure to every nation a healthy, peacetime life for its inhabitants everywhere in the world. The fourth is freedom from fear, which means a worldwide reduction of armaments to such a point and in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in a position to commit an act of physical aggression against any neighbor anywhere in the world. This speech rallied Americans. 
Everyone wanted to contribute to the war effort, even though we were not at war yet. Norman Rockwell was no different. Rockwell had been illustrating the cover of the Saturday Evening Post since 1916. His post covers reflected the simple things of life in America. In his own words, I showed the America I knew and observed to others who might not have noticed. I have personally been to the Rockwell Museum, and it is fantastic. And there's no doubt in my mind or my heart that he is my favorite American artist. His illustrations are iconic and heartwarming. They expose what is good about people and life in America. Each picture seems to depict the best of an individual or persons. It just gives you that plain old good feeling. I believe those kinds of artists bring hope and healing to a society. Rockwell was severely criticized by the art critics of his time. They didn't consider his work art, and he wasn't considered a serious painter. They thought his work appeared overly sweet and sentimental, but that's what made him so popular. He was a storyteller, and that's what made him so unique. You could actually read the story by looking at the painting. After hearing President Roosevelt's Four Freedoms speech to Congress on January 6, 1941, Norman Rockwell was determined to create a painting for each of the Four Freedoms, but struggled how to best visualize these abstract concepts. One night in bed, Rockwell was mulling over these concepts getting more discouraged as the hours ticked by. He said, I suddenly remembered how my neighbor, Jim Edgerton, had stood up in a town meeting and said something that everyone else disagreed with. Well, they let him have his say. No one had shouted him down. I thought, that's it. Freedom of speech a New England town meeting, freedom from want, a Thanksgiving dinner. I'll express the ideas in simple everyday scenes, in terms everyone can understand. Rockwell spent seven months painting the Four Freedoms. In May of 1943, the Saturday Evening Post and the U.S. Treasury Department launched a joint fundraising campaign, sending the paintings on a 16-city national tour, raising an astounding $132 million for the war effort. Those paintings capture the freedoms we enjoy as Americans and the cherished ideals that unite us timeless reminders of what we have and what we have to lose. The freedom of worship is a picture of just faces. Men and women 
some older, some younger, one with hands folded in prayer, one with eyes looking up to heaven. The painting of Thanksgiving is the picture depicting freedom from want. It's a dining table surrounded by Rockwell's family and friends who were the models. His cook is the grandmother-looking-like person with an apron over her Sunday best dress holding a large platter with a roasted turkey on it. Standing next to her is her husband in his suit and tie. Rockwell said of her, she cooked it, I painted it, and we ate it. This painting became one of the most popular and beloved of all his works. The last in the series, Freedom from Fear, depicts children, two young boys resting safely in their bed as their parents are standing at their bedside, the mother tucking the blanket under their chins, the father standing, looking with some concern on his face as he holds a newspaper in his hand, with the headline, Bombings, Kill, Horror, Hits. The serenity of the scene belies the newspaper's bold headline. The bombing was a reference to the 1940 and 41 Blitz in London. Rockwell said the idea he hoped to convey, to convey was this, thank God we can put our children to bed with a feeling of security, knowing that they will not be killed in the night. Those four freedoms seem to be universal desires of all people, no matter what period of history. Last weekend, all over the world, Christians were celebrating Resurrection Sunday, and Jews were celebrating Passover. As we know from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, the first Passover was instituted. The Israelites had been slaves in Egypt for 430 years. You see, when you're a slave, you don't have a voice. In fact, freedom of speech is, well, it's not permissible. I mean, it's unthinkable. Freedom of worship. We don't know the extent of their ability to gather and worship. Certainly all the feasts uh, were instituted after Passover, including Passover. But we do know that they had to have a daily quota of bricks. There's no mention of a day of rest. The taskmasters said to them, fulfill your work, your daily quota, go get straw where you can find it, yet none of your work will be reduced. It certainly didn't sound like they had time or freedom to worship. Freedom from want? Economically, they were, they were in a difficult place. What slave isn't? Barely surviving from the hard labor. Yet, they reminded Moses when they were in the wilderness and tired of eating manna every day that they had fish and melon and onions and garlics and leeks back in Egypt and complained that their whole being was being dried up. 
When the children of Israel realized that their firstborn children and animals were still alive after the destroyer passed over them, was one of the few times that they didn't seem to be in a state of fear. But once they made it into the wilderness, there was no freedom from fear for them. They were never able to recognize the provision of God and subsequently never trusted God to feed them, care for them, or keep them safe. Their constant distrust was their badge of fear. Fear of the giants in the land ensured 40 years of wandering and not receiving their promise. Although they were quite capable of taking the promised land, God said it was theirs, fear annihilated that prospect. It didn't matter that God said, I'm giving you this land flowing with milk and honey. They saw themselves as inadequate, unable, unwilling, and bless God, they got what they wanted, not fulfilling the will of God and murmuring and complaining evermore. Joshua and Caleb reminded them of the covenant promise and said, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Scripture says in Numbers 14.10, And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. <laughs> now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. And I have to presume, because the scripture doesn't say, that that ended that whole plan of stoning Joshua and Caleb with stones. Can you imagine? Well, the wilderness experience of those children of Israel is a life lesson. It's a life lesson for us as Christians today. The four freedoms shared by FDR are no different now as they were 3,000 years ago or 81 years ago. Never before have we seen our freedom of speech shut down. Just three or four years ago, we couldn't have believed that big tech could censor not just our voice, but the voice of the President of the United States. Actually, any voice that disagreed with it. We no longer have freedom of speech in America. I mean, we have to really grasp that. I mean, it's hard to wrap your mind around it, but we don't have freedom of speech any longer. You can be arrested for hate speech if it disagrees with the LGBTQIA community. When we entered the Hebrew year of 5780, we started a decade of the number 80, which represents the Hebrew character pay, pronounced pay, P-E-Y. Pay is a picture that represents the mouth. So in the year 2020, Hebrew year 
5780, the year that our mouth, our voice, would become essential and important to us as believers. The enemy devised a tactic worldwide called a mask. Individuals across the world covered their mouth with a mask, thereby silencing the church. Our mouths were no longer seen and our voices no longer heard. What a clever trick. Censorship became more egregious. In the Sunday paper yesterday, there was an article that many colleges are going back to mask mandates. Please forgive me if you don't understand that masks are worthless. And that's coming from a healthcare professional. And do not work, then enjoy the bondage. Parents are being censored. Parents are being kept from having a voice regarding what their children are taught. Folks, do you see the hand of the enemy? Can it be any clearer? There is a plan to shut down our voice, to keep us quiet. And I say, no, no, no. We cannot stay silent. Freedom from fear, COVID-19. Oh, COVID-19 took that thing to a new level. The spirit of fear was hovering over the entire world like a mother hen over her chicks. Fear was palpable. Here's what the Lord showed, actually showed me, uh, what fear does to people. He gave me 10 things. So I want you to pay close attention. Number one, fear blinds. Fear blinds us to the truth. Caleb and Joshua couldn't have been clear in their statements. Those giants are our bread. The Lord is with us. But that overwhelming fear that the children of Israel had would not let them go into the promised land. Fear blinds us to the truth. Number two, fear stops. Fear stops us from pursuing God's will. God's plans for us, God's prophetic word over us, we come to a halt. You see, when the spirit of fear comes in, it brings us to a grinding halt. Number three, fear steals. Fear steals our joy. Fear and joy cannot coexist in our emotions. That's why scripture says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if he can steal our joy, he can steal our strength. Number four, fear crushes. Fear crushes our dreams. It crushes our hopes. Maybe your dream is to be debt-free, but the enemy crushes your dreams and hopes by speaking lies to you, possibly talking you out of tithing because, well, everything costs so much more now. Let me explain something. I'm going to make it simple. 
Inflation, recession, a depression should never affect you and I as believers. Those are the world's ways and its effects. As tithers, those things do not matter to us because God is taking care of us, not the government. Number five, fear ruins. Fear can cause you to say or do things you might regret. Fear may cause you to make a financial decision that will bankrupt you. Fear might even cause you to say something that might completely ruin ruin your testimony. So we want to be careful because fear can ruin. Number six, fear destroys. Fear destroys faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 verse 1. We walk by faith, right? Not by sight. I know about fear destroying faith. I know about it personally. You see, when I lost my husband, my faith was totally destroyed. The fear of being alone was torture. And there were other fears. So I know that fear can absolutely destroy faith. And we need faith. How do we function as believers without faith? Well, we don't function at all. And of course, I didn't function very well at all. Number seven, fear enslaves. Yes, fear causes people to be prisoners. People were so fearful of COVID, they they could not leave their homes or apartments. I know people that did not leave their home for months and months and months. And it's not just being a prisoner in your home, but being a prisoner, period. Those prisons can exist in your mind just as powerfully as they exist in your body. Number eight, fear negates. Fear nullifies or makes us ineffective to do our job as parents or employees. It can cause us to not to try our best or function just to get by. We can become so fearful of failing that we become ineffective for the task at hand. Number nine, fear distracts. Fear distracts us so that we can't see the clear path ahead of us. Fear has a way of causing us to become distracted by things that make us feel comfortable, thereby dismissing God's plan, which sometimes is impossible and feels very uncomfortable. Number 10, fear reverses. Fear can actually cause us to go in reverse. We can be heading in the right direction, trusting God to lead us, and suddenly fear comes in, and we do an about-face and go backwards. We've shifted gears in reverse. So as believers, we desire to be free. I, I would think that every human being desires to be free. 
But as believers, don't let fear blind you, stop you, steal from you, crush you, ruin you, destroy you, enslave you, negate you, distract you, or cause you to go in reverse. Resurrection Sunday and Passover are about those four precious freedoms that Jesus died to give us. Freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. Embrace those freedoms as precious gifts from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus, whose blood bought our freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from death, hell, and the grave. Help each of us to grasp the power of your grace and mercy to accomplish your will and purposes for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. You can download uh, the iHeartRadio app and listen to this podcast by going to Pure Heart Ministries. If you just look up Pure Heart Ministries on the podcast, you'll find uh, this message again. I'd love, love, love for you to email me. You can email me at all lowercase, all one word, dawn, D-A-W-N, at pureheart.today. And of course, I'm always excited about having you pray for this ministry, praying that God will just use this in a great way. And if you'd like to continue to support this ministry, would you please send your gift, financial gift, to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I sure do look forward to being with you again. This is Don Noble saying, Shalom, shalom, peace be unto you.